0: Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McClain here along with Zach Berman and Paul Domowich. We're down here at the NoviCare Complex on Tuesday after the Eagles' loss to the Tennessee Titans ahead of the Vikings game on Sunday. But we're still kind of looking back at that game, a you know brutal loss the Eagles had in overtime because you know both coordinators spoke today. Jim Schwartz, obviously, a little more important than Mike Grohl because he has autonomy over that unit. And he sounds like he's sticking with Jalen Mills, said, I am firmly behind. His, you know hit firmly behind the cornerback. Of course, I said to myself, so are a bunch of wide receivers. Boom, boom, boom. Look at that uh,
1: punchline there. Yeah, there we go.
0: <laughs> uh, and it sounds like – now, I'm not going to say this is a fact yet, but when he was asked about Corey Graham and the 71 snaps that he had on Sunday, he admitted that was probably too much. And we saw Avante Maddox splitting some time with him there, and it sounds like more Maddox moving forward and less of Corey Graham in that role. Let's start with Mills. Would you have stuck with Mills, And number one? And two, what does, what do they have to do to help him out? Because right now, the deep ball is an issue.
1: Yeah, so I actually agree with one thing Jimmy Schwartz said, is that there was a parade on Broad Street last year, in part because of Jalen Mills. Mills has built equity in this city, on this defense. Well, I shouldn't say in the city, because fans are, are really upset with him he's right be now. He's number one. Yeah, but, uh, but he's been a productive player for them. And now he's been struggling here in their two losses especially. Um, But I think he's a starting caliber cornerback, as I've said. I also think that Jalen Mills can be a quality starting safety in this league, similar to the transition Malcolm Jenkins made later on in his career. The Eagles have a need at safety right now. They have an outside starting cornerback, in my opinion, in in Sidney Jones. Um, I would have looked at that move. I would have said to Jalen Mills, you could have a lot of value for us, for your future playing safety. Uh, they seem to want Mills as their starting corner,
0: but but, but Mills, his skill set is in center field safety. I mean, you need a speed guy back there, and Mills to me is more of a box safety. I think that would be more of a natural tr- transition. And that's why, mm-hmm. think, like that's,
1: like what Malcolm was, right? Exactly. What exactly? Okay. I mean,
0: Malcolm could do both. Mal- Malcolm is kind of a rare bird. He can really play both at pretty much a high level. But you know, the, the center field safety now, if you're going to play free safety, you're almost a, pretty much a, a kind of glorified slot corner in some ways because you have you need to have that speed you need to have that kind of um you know be agility to go both ways and it looks like max is the only guy on the roster that they have or would you go out and get somebody down Uh,
2: there's not much (laughs) out there i mean you don't you know you don't want to commit a lot of cap space into the future for a safety uh you know I, i i think mills would have been a hard sell to agree to play safety. I mean, granted, he's not in a position to say no, but I mean, he didn't want to move to the slot. No, uh, and you're now you're asking him to just become a safety. Whereas Maddox, um, you know, is not going to complain. Man, he, to get more snaps, he'll play. You know, he'll play on outer. You know, in, on Jupiter. Uh, my my problem, my reservation is with his size. I mean, I know Jim said today that he's not much smaller than Rodney McLeod. Uh boy. I mean, you saw the matchup with him in that game up against six three Corey Davis. you know, offenses aren't stupid. they're going to try to find those matchups. they're going to try to get him on a six five tight end. uh you know so that that concerns me, but they don't have a lot of options, so you know I, I, I agree with you, like
0: McLeod was built like Avante Maddox when he was a
2: rookie. yeah.
0: And then he built himself up. Maddox has an opportunity to yeah. kind of convert himself body wise into a safety, so he's going to be a small center field safety, and you can get away with that. You, we see it all across the league. Um, yeah. It's it's true that position. You have a lot of guys that are former college yeah. cornerbacks, but uh, to me, it's it's an issue that's not going to go away right. um, because Maddox has just never played the position before. I mean, did they even? Did they even ever mention the possibility of him? No, but what they did mention, I know, I know they do. Um, you know, train.
1: Yeah, cross the cross train training. Yeah, that's more like that's Except for Russell, cool. they, that was, yeah, Except for they, Jim, he's got an outside. Caught, Jim got caught in a little bit of a white line. Yeah, yeah he's an outside corner. They say, um, but, but he said he's he said we cross train everybody, but they don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. The cross train guys that they think can do both, yeah. they're yeah. guys yeah. who can handle both. And I'm gonna have you, I have two
2: questions. I mean, one. I mean, did they like
1: this week just realize, oh my God,
2: Corey Graham cannot play 71 snaps? I mean, like, this is a shock to them. 33 year old guy that. Right. Uh, and the other thing is DeAndre Hall. I mean, he well,
1: yeah, that's, that's why true. isn't he an option? Because I don't I think, think, think he's.
0: It, a, I mean, he's kind of got center field safety bill because he's uh, a little lean, but that could be a box guy. I don't know. We haven't seen much of him. I really don't know uh, a lot about and him. And he has Do a you? corner.
1: Yeah, he's a corner background. So you would think that he's, that he's someone who's yeah. at least familiar with those concepts. Um, but I think that might be more learning the defense coming in. I mean, yeah. he didn't get here till week two. He was suspended yeah. week one. But, but they have
0: Trey Sullivan on the practice squad. Now, I'm yeah. a Sullivan guy, so I think they see what I see. He, he just can't do the job. Yeah. Especially, again, I,
1: that's a tough position. But like, to get back to the question you asked, I, I think it's something Maddox can do. They, they didn't talk about I safety. Agree. But when they talked about the characteristics that he has, um, they said real tough player, mm-hmm. good tackler, um, really smart. Those are things that they were mentioning. That's someone who can kind of profile as a player who can adjust yeah. from corner to safety. That being said, it's probably something you would rather do in July and yeah. August oh, yeah. than in Week Four of the well, NFL season.
0: So my question is now: Does personnel? Does the personnel department deserve a little blame here because you know they haven't had anybody? They, they you know they didn't have a, a, a backup plan. In case Rodney McLeod was hurt, one well, that Graham, one yeah. that was viable though. I mean, Corey Graham was thirty three. He didn't. Really, they put him back in center field occasionally. Certain scheme things, maybe in the dime, yeah. they give Rodney the opportunity to play closer to the line, and they put Corey back there. But they would scheme it so that Corey yeah. wasn't put in a position position where he really had to cover a lot of ground. So I understand safety is one of the hardest positions <laughs> in this league to scout. But you know, they, they brought in um, Jeremy Reeves, and they brought in a couple other undrafted guys. None of these guys panned out. Hey, we're looking. We're here in week four or five, and they don't have anybody to replace. Ryan no, McLeod. it's, it's a very now they're now they're trans, transitioning yeah. the guy. Now and I think Maddox can make sense. Maybe they thought that in the back of their mind, never mentioned it to us. I, I, I agree with you. I think he can do it, but he's not going to be the cloud
1: No, and it's a, it's a valid question, and it's it's one that we were asking during the off season, mm-hmm. and even when they signed Corey, we said, okay, Corey can be your third safety, but you don't have safety depth. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Trace Olvin? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be Jeremy Reeves? I mean, there's there's no one there who you drafted or who you signed, um, other than undrafted free agents. When they traded for DeAndre Hall, like you mentioned, that made some sense. Here's a guy yeah. who's has played in the NFL, who has like who Joe Douglas drafted. Um, but uh, yeah, where is he? And that's a question. I, I wish we had Jim Schwartz's audience right now. I, I would ask him that. This yeah. I know you only got him week two, but you're at a point now where if, if he's on the team, yeah. You got to see what he has. Well, we had so many questions, Guy
2: It's a position that's going to be a concern going forward, too, because of the fact that both the cap numbers on, 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 on Rodney and Malcolm and Malcolm's age. I mean, it's a position, you know, if you're looking at that team right now, that's, you know, over the next two, three years, that's the position that concerns you the most uh, about who's going to be playing there. Right. They don't have any guys in the pipeline. So, Jim also kind of,
0: uh, you know, didn't like the idea of having Sydney play more outside. He likes him in the slot right now. And he mentioned, and rightfully so, that Sydney didn't have a clean game either. He started off well, made some nice plays, but he got caught in some assignment uh, uh, coverage busts as well.
1: It's kind of interesting, by the way, how it, it works out. Jim Schwartz has always left having to like defend Jalen Mills and kind of like take <laughs> Sydney Jones down a notch because. From the outside looking in, it's always been like, he's why got, isn't this guy right. playing more? You got to
0: take everyone else down a notch to yeah. defend his guy Jim yeah. I mean, he's the biggest. And look, I, I get that. You, you know, as a player, you love that Jim's out there supporting you. Uh, Doug Peterson probably didn't support him as much on Monday when Doug was asked about pers- uh, possible personnel changes. He said he would speak for the entire team, mm-hmm. right? Which yeah, he, he, he should to defer to Jim Schwartz. Yeah, you know. he wasn't deferring to Jim. Yeah. Of course, Jim does have autonomy over the defense. Maybe Jim maybe, – I wonder if Doug wants Jim to make a change. But clearly he's not making a change. At least he isn't in terms of publicly. But, you know, with Sidney, look, he's not, he's not a big muscular guy. He's like 170 pounds probably soaking wet. So maybe you're going to have some issues. But I, to me, when I see a guy out there running around, I see a guy that wants to tackle, wants to make an effort. And I always see that with Jalen Mills. I don't necessarily see that from Ronald Darby, but you can't take Darby out of that side either because again, he still has the skill set. Well, let's also to, I mean, remember he, the only play deep ball that was knocked away was Darby. He that, was able to run up to it. After that's a remember, hour.
2: too. That that slot position is is just as important as those outside positions yeah. in this game now. Uh, I mean, Patrick Robinson proved that last year. Uh, you know, I mean, he 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 was part of the reason they won the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, you look at the Minnesota game last year with that momentum turning. Interception. So I mean, I think a part of Schwartz has more confidence and wants Sidney to be in there and be successful. He thinks he can be a better slot guy than than, than Jalen. You know, you're weakening maybe your slot position by yeah. moving Jalen in. I know he's not going to be a. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I almost kind of now.
0: I'm just listening to him. I kind of understand what they're doing. This is probably their best. Combination of players because again you just don't have anybody to cover that deep safety spot unless Malcolm. Yeah, Uh, Malcolm does not want to go back there.
1: No, and and when I saw Avante Maddox there, I thought "Mm, that that makes sense. It it intellectually makes sense, but like we said, doesn't make sense in week
0: four of the NFL season. Next year it might make sense. Yeah,
1: or if you're doing it in the in the second preseason game and kind of taking a look at it, but but you're in. I mean, it was week four of the NFL season. You're, You're going into week five. You're basically teaching them a new position now.
0: Yeah. They're going to add – I think they're going to have to add another safety. They only have three on the roster right now.
1: Yeah. So, and I mean, you can get
0: by with three, but
1: – And, like, to get back to what you are saying about personnel changes or lineup changes, I mean, Howie Roseman's in those conversations yeah. too. Like, when you're talking because, – because when you're talking about Sidney Jones or you're talking about Jalen Mills, you're talking about a guy's long-term outlook as well. Um, so it's not just about Sunday. Howie's thinking about 2019,
0: 2020. We'll talk about the Vikings in a few days, but – just speaking of Sunday, they have a couple of good receivers coming in here. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and well, I'll be curious know,
2: to see how, Stephon especially James. with Minnesota coming in. I mean, I, this is going to be a gradual process. They're not just going to flip and, and okay, Alonte, yeah. you're out there, you're playing seventy snaps next right. week. Uh, you know, I think they'll 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 mix and match with him and Graham as he learns the position and gets comfortable. You know, no, I agree with that. Pre- yeah,
0: so. but um, you know, they they may be able to get by with it. You know, if the pass rush really pins his ears back and gets after Kirk Cousins, um, certainly that'll help the back end. But I think the back end's more of the problem than the front end.
1: But, but like we said on the podcast after the game, John Filippo knows what's going on in the back end. I mean, John Flippo knows Jalen Mills' shortcomings. I I, I I thought this, I, I, I said when they were playing the Colts, it's kind of overrated, like knowing the schemes or there were that kind of thing. What really helps you with Filippo is he knows the personnel. And so he'll know where to attack on well, those. Well, they're going to they're
0: gonna <laughs> challenge him deep. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think some of that had to do with Scheme. Scheme, I think some of this really falls on Jim Schwartz, to be perfectly frank. Um, I think he you know, he wasn't doing enough to help Jalen Mills in certain, certain circumstances. He wasn't doing enough to help uh, Avante Maddox. I thought in that, that last play, I understand when you typically go cover zero there, you all-out blitz. But you're putting a kid who's never played safety before his entire mm-hmm. life in a really tough position – Having him matched up against Corey Davis yeah. with no help mm-hmm. on that last play, and this is a
2: you know this is a defensive coordinator that doesn't like to blitz, which is kind of ironic. He though. has been blitzing more,
0: and a lot of them have not been successful. Yeah. So Schwartz, you know, I'm, you know, obviously a Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator knows what he's doing out there, but hasn't had the best um, two road games, shall we say? Let's switch over to the offense uh, real quick. Uh, Mike Rose spoke. Um, obviously, doesn't speak for the offense as. Doug Peterson does, but he was a little bit edgy, shall we say, with some of the questions that were being directed towards him, Zach. And you asked, a thought, a very fair question about not being able to kind of put the game away at the end of the fourth quarter and at the end of overtime. At the end of
1: overtime, yeah. And Mike's response was? Was, well, they scored in overtime. Because I, I said you had a chance to win the game both times. And he said, well, we scored. Well, and then I responded, well, if you scored a touchdown, the game's over. Right. And my whole point is, and look, I'm not absolving the defense here. I mean, you have them on three fourth downs; you you got to make the stop. But those fourth downs don't happen if the offense scores a touchdown in the red zone uh, on either of those occasions. And I bring it up because Carson Wentz talks all often about situational football. Uh, and he said after the game, I, I give Carson credit. I um he's he's he all he's always responsible for this. Yeah. And he said. I asked him why he looked so frustrated on the field after the third down at the end of regulation. And he said because he wanted in the game right there. He he did not want it to go to overtime. And uh, that's the attitude you need to take. It can't be what we scored and we put in the defense's hands. Yeah. No, it needs to be. If if you get the ball to start overtime, you go down there and score. Put the game away. Don't leave it to chance.
2: Well, especially when you've got a head coach that has basically become Mr. Aggressive. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah. Uh, you know, I—, I the they they had the best red zone offense in the league last year. Exactly. Uh it's not doing very well right now. I I for him to stand up there today, I mean what he should have said is we're not ever happy with field goals. Yeah. We gotta score touchdowns. One of why, four's not why good he did to say that, I yeah. don't know.
0: Well, I I don't know. I just maybe the line of questions, I mean a lot of the questions were were focusing on some of the negative, and maybe he thought that the offense performed better than than perhaps maybe the majority of people thought. I'm not really into Probably sure where Mike was coming from. I thought the offense, you know, they put up over 400 yards. Yeah, they they moved the ball well. They moved the ball well, but again, the red zone was an issue. 104 yeah. is not good enough. Uh, he said as much himself. But when you when you focused on certain areas like blitz pickup, mm-hmm. or you know the running back blitz, you did you ask about Wendell Smallwood? Oh, well, somebody asked yeah, about Wendell Smallwood, and he yeah. you know defended him. And I get that you're a defensive player, but. You can kind of throw something in there and say, you know what, he needs to get a little to better. Two of those
1: sacks were his fault. Two of those
0: sacks were, were so, partly his fault.
1: So what what Mike Rowe goes up there and, and does and and we've seen this now is he answers the question he answers the question he wants to answer, not the question you you right. ask him. So the question is about when they'll small blitz pickup. And he answers it by talking about all the Good stuff Wendell Smallwood does out there. He doesn't talk about the blitz pickup. No.
0: And, and I mean, to be fair, Wendell, I thought, had a good game. I mean, he ran – he's running hard. He's picking up yards after contact. I mean, Wendell's really surprising the way he's played. So they feel very confident in having him out there in that regard. But right now, it's – you know, with Corey Clement and Darren Sproles out – it, it's going to hurt you on third down. Darren's as we know is one of the best blocking running backs in, in the league. Corey's gotten better at it. And now all of mm. a sudden you got Wendell out there. So it's certainly injuries are affecting them in some regard. And then you look at the offensive line and no one's out officially, but I think center right now, Jason Kelsey's not a hundred percent. I think it's pretty clear. Now Doug was asked specifically about the knee, the new knee brace that Jason yeah. Kelsey's wearing. Um, He hasn't been listed on the injury report, but he's not running as fast. I think it's fair to say that he's not moving as fast as he typically does. I don't know how much that is affecting the offense. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of Mm -hmm. plays in which you're asking Jason to do what he does best, which is run in space. And then you know, five sacks isn't enough. They weren't on the offensive line. Lane Lane Johnson gave up one. Jason Peters gave up one. A couple of them I thought were play calls. They had naked um, bootlegs. Uh, designed naked bootlegs where Carson was unprotected and they had blitz on and they got sacked that way. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: Lane said he let up one sack. You know, the other 50 times that he's in pass protection, no one's really I, paying I, attention, I mean, but the one sack. I mean, and, and, I mean it's, hey, and you know, he, he's right, but he, he, he also said, said
0: that's, that's he the said that comes I from the position. That's the business I chose. Exactly.
1: And I didn't have a chance
2: to ask him about the sack right before that, two plays before that. Uh, the, the guy came right by him. I, it looked like, he thought somebody was there to help him because all he did was put out his arm. Uh, that was an overload blitz. Was it? Yeah. There was a linebacker was, yeah. coming on that side, uh, but he had no one to block. So, uh, you know, there was a, there was a communication problem there, which is, you know, w- w- this line has played together long enough. You know, that's their strength communication. But, but because
0: as we met, you know, we, I mentioned, I asked Lane myself about it, You guys see more exotic rush packages, and he's he said, yeah, probably. I mean, you know, teams are going to switch things up on the Eagles, and they, they know what their strengths are, they know what their weaknesses are. And I'm wondering if that's something, you know, that they're just going to have to adjust to. Well,
1: I yeah. thought it was real interesting when you asked Lane, um, and he respected the question uh, because he because you knew what you were talking about about them running naked right into a blitz. Um, and, tipping me anything? Yeah, and then Mike Grove kind of volunteered that too. He said the same thing. Uh, and so that that they, he called it the luck of the draw. Is it the luck of the draw, though? He, you know, I, I mean, does Doug, you know, like if, do, do they have tendencies? Yeah, does it happen? Maybe it shouldn't run it the third time. No, but like, <laughs> are there are there tendencies that right. that you know that that they're putting out there? And it's something. It's, I mean, at the end of the Chip Kelly era, there were certain tendencies that yeah. teams really started to. Pick and well, up on. here's the
0: thing: I trust Doug and this staff to get it yeah. cleaned up. I didn't yeah. trust Chip. Chip was just defined, and then there were certain things that he did differently, but they were just so minor, mm-hmm. um, he hardly ever changed to standard yeah. run plays. But I think Doug, Doug – I mean Doug has – Oh, a, I agree. I'm, I'm not this, worried about the Yeah, this thing. is a big playbook. Yeah. Um, he's got a really good staff. I mean obviously you got some new faces in that room, uh, new uh, faces in terms of their roles. You know, Mike Rowe is now offensive coordinator. Press Taylor is now the quarterback's coach. But um, I think they can get it cleaned up. I think the offense – I think that is what Doug said – it's all fixable.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think they deserve the benefit of the doubt, especially Doug um, and, and even Jim Schwartz. But I also don't think what you did last year is going to help you this year. Like, yeah. you've you got to do it again. Yeah. And teams have spent the entire offseason watching the Eagles, especially these these early opponents. Yeah. Um, and Dirk Cutter even said that in his conference call. He, he he said, we knew this game was coming. We were watching it. Yeah. Uh, so... It's something the Eagles The, the Eagles need. To, we wrote during the offseason about that target on their back. This is part of that target. Teams are prepared going into the Eagles. Game.
0: And just to step back big picture, I mean, I, I thought, I and mean, you guys probably thought the same thing, I thought there would be some struggles here in the first half of the season oh, just sure. because yeah. the injuries, getting guys back, certainly with Carson Wentz. I mean, two and two doesn't really surprise me. Um, it's not the, It's nowhere near the end of the world. Of course, they have as many losses as they had through you know 15 weeks last week. I mean, last year. So you are concerned about that, but they're trying to get this this ship going in the right direction, and I think they have the capabilities. But you know, as we all know in the NFL, I mean, every week there's a possibility mm-hmm. of losing. And Zach, you've pointed out this, this next four game stretch here is going to be really important.
1: Yeah, when you look at, at what they have have coming up here, okay, you have the Vikings, the Giants on a Thursday night, Carolina and then the Jaguars in London, and then you have the bye week. And so the, the bye week is kind of that natural break. But what teams do, you talk about one game at a time, teams often split the season up in the quarters. Mm-hmm. And this quarter here, you have three playoff teams, including two of the teams that were in the championship games last year, Minnesota and Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And then you have your first division game on short rest on the road on Thursday night. Um, if the Eagles are going to go into, in, into the bye with a winning record, So five and three, they need to go three and one in this stretch. That means they need to win on the road and they need to beat, and they need to beat two playoff teams.
2: Do they, Dama? Three and one? So hard, that's a tough order. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if I had to guess right now, I would say that they're going to end up two and two out of this stretch. Um, But we'll see. I mean, you know, like you said earlier, I mean, Carson's going to keep getting better. I mean, his comfort level still isn't there in the pocket. Uh, despite what Mike Rowe said today. I mean, you could still see – I mean, he's a guy coming off an ACL. You could still see he's thinking about, you know, uh, about the, the pressure. He's and, about getting hit. He got yeah, hit 12 exactly. times. He's gotten hit yeah. almost 20 times in the and, last two games. And Jeffrey is going to – you know, I mean, everything's – I think their offense is going to get better, yeah. but – uh Two and two is the best I see coming out of this. You gotcha. certainly take three and one.
1: Yeah, I think they can go three and one, but oh sure, two and yeah. I mean, I mean, I think Jacksonville is going to be really tough in, yeah. in London. They're used to that trip. The Eagles need to win. The Eagles need to win both the home games. That I think the Eagles need to win their next three games. Or I shouldn't say need. You don't need to, but I think these next three games are games the Eagles can win. Mm-hmm. Um, the Giants. The Eagles are a better team than the Giants. I, I know that short rest in New York. The Eagles can win that game though, and then they're a better team at home. So, yeah, I I think they can win these next three games and then maybe lose to the Jags going to the bye, and you're fine. Five and three.
0: All right, well, in a couple days we'll look at the uh, the next one, the Vikings, uh, a little more closely. That's it for uh, Birds Eye View Podcast. That's Paul Domowich, that's Zach Berman, and I'm Jeff McClain. We'll talk to you next time.